Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. So here we are again, Mums the Word listeners, and I'm very excited to share with you this episode. Uh, we have Aya, a loving mum of two girls that came into this world via two very different births. These birthing experiences paved the way for Aya to become the enthusiastic doula that she is today. And as a doula in Holland, she provides birth support for women from different countries, holding various birthing ideas and preferences. Her passion is for them to make conscious birth decisions, to be aware of their strength and to believe in their bodies. Her experience taught her that an empowering birth can have a positive ripple effect on our journey as mothers and as women. It's a really touching episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. And just a little secret, this was actually my first um, first ever interview for Mums the Word. I know it's episode five, but they're being released in the, in all different orders. And, um, well, it was just really exciting and uh, Aya got me very, very inspired and um, super passionate about, about this work. So enjoy. So Aya, I've told the listeners a little bit about you already, but tell us a little bit more about Aya the mum, Aya the doula. We'd like to know you a bit more as a person. Well, I'm a mom of two girls. Um, one four years old almost, and the other one is seven months old. Um, and she's my glorious VBAC experience, which led me to where I am today. Um, my first uh, delivery was not easy, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and few experiences. Well, it was, it was, I did everything I thought I could to prepare for it, right? So I did prenatal yoga and I did birth education classes and, and I felt I knew everything I could. I didn't have a doula. Um, and the birth started with my waters breaking, really good contractions, and it just did not progress. So I was, it was three days of, pretty heavy contractions, like one minute contractions, five minutes apart at home, nothing. Well, it, it, it got dilated to about four centimeters and that's where it stopped. And I was getting exhausted and frustrated and discouraged. Like what else could I be doing? Like I'm jumping on the ball. I'm in the shower. I'm doing everything I, I was taught to do and it's just not working. Then, um, after three days, the midwife, said, yeah, well, because your water broke and it's been 48 hours, let's head uh, to the hospital to get you induced because we want this baby out already. It's been too long. Then when you start inductions, it's just a snowball of interventions, right? So um, Mm -hmm. 
inductions, contractions were far too violent. Um, then I asked for an epidural. The epidural was fine. I fell asleep, reached uh, full dilation, started pushing, but maybe now I know that the baby was posterior. They didn't mention it. They didn't check it. Um, there was no indication from the midwife at the time that wife No, this is something I think like now having gone through spinning babies um, yeah, training, then I would know that the pattern of contractions I had was really classic like posterior baby. But And I, I would have also with a doula known what – uh, like what? What can you do to maybe help the baby uh, into a better position? I didn't at that time, so I was just lying in bed and reached complete dilation. Started pushing. You could see her head, but it got stuck and uh, she wouldn't come out. They tried twice with a vacuum, and she wouldn't come out. Um, and it was all like accompanied with couple of times her heartbeat went down then they stopped the contractions they started them again then it was just like so many interventions and at the end when twice the the vacuum didn't work they were like yeah we need this baby out so let's get you into a c-section um i felt i didn't have the traumatic notion of like i cannot give birth or i failed or stuff like a lot of women that go through a c-section feel I really did. did I felt like I did everything I could with the tools I had at the time, right? Um, And then the C-section, they were nice. Like, daddy got his skin to skin. They brought her to me. So a lot of the elements that people remember as really traumatic, I didn't experience it. They were really nice. And it was really like a soft experience as much as Mm -hmm. a surgery could be. Yeah, abdominal, yeah. Yeah. But um, the recovery was really difficult. And for me, what was more more traumatic is being so helpless, like lying on the bed and connected to all these like IVs. And she's next to me and they wouldn't allow the father to stay with me during, or my mom to stay with me at night. And she's just there and she's, you know, like a newborn baby. They want to be on mommy. They wouldn't let her be on me because it's dangerous. And it's also a little bit their hospital protocol that was, wasn't amazing. But for me that like first two, three days after the birth were more difficult than the actual birth experience. Mm-hmm. Cause I just felt so helpless and so incompetent of like taking care of her. I couldn't get off of bed and she was like crying and I couldn't even bring her to me. So that was really, really, that was like the hardest memory I have from this entire experience. And that's what I wanted to avoid for the second uh, second time. Yeah. So, um, you know, tell us, you know, in particular with the whole VBAC um, second time around, you know, what led you to that? You know, the education, or, you know, how did you find out about it? The fact that you knew you had a choice, um, you know, basically how things eventuated for you second time around and even just some of the personal side, the, the sort of, the self-empowerment that you said, well, I'm going to do it differently and I can. Well, yeah, I think a a good quote that I've heard as I was starting to like educate myself for it is, and I don't know who said that, but if, you know, if you don't know your options, you don't have any. And it's, it's just, it's so true. Like I just wanted to know everything I could. And I wanted 
to make sure I have everything I possibly can in my toolbox to know that, you know, I, as far as I am concerned, I've done everything I possibly can. And within, it was three years and a few months apart, those two births. And I've like, I've known a lot more women that are pregnant and I've heard a lot more birth stories. And I was also fortunate enough to attend a home birth of a good friend of mine in which I've seen her doula. And that really opened my, like, I knew what a doula was, but I haven't appreciated how crucial her contribution can be. And, you know, sometimes it's so subtle and it's not like huge bells and whistles, but it's it like it can completely change the experience for a woman and the, the, the end result in that case as well. And I knew I, I needed that support. And, you know, the first one I had my mom and my husband and I was like, yeah, these are the two people that are closest to me and that should be enough. But parents, they're, you know, they, they, you're their baby and she doesn't want you to suffer. And it's so hard to make that distinction as a mom and support your daughter in the way she needs to be supported during birth. And the same with a husband. It's they're not equipped pretty, for like it's yeah. it's not easy to see the woman you love go through labor especially if you're not like a doctor that has seen that before so yeah. you just want to make that pain go away and this this realization that it's good pain is something that it's really hard to incorporate when it's people so close to you so i knew i needed that extra support um and i just i knew i wanted to avoid the after section days, I wanted to be up and running and to be able to, to be with my, my, you know, my other baby and to be a mom and also for the new one to be able to mother her the way I wanted to. And, and, you know, you, with the second one, you feel like you know everything and you can do it so easily. And I wanted to be able to enjoy that feeling and not to be like confined to bed, not being able to move. And being so dependent. So I just really wanted a different experience. Um, so I educated it's really myself. That, it's really that experience that basically said, I don't want this. I want anything but this. Exactly. I was like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to avoid a C-section again. Yeah. And it wasn't really, it for me, the, the motivation wasn't so much... To, to have the experience and this amazing oxytocin rush of like your baby being born is it was really about avoiding the after section um, days the after surgery days yeah. um, that was the main thing and also well we'll talk about that later but she she had um, I contracted CMV infection during the pregnancy so there was this whole big question mark about how she's doing and she may need some extra treatment and you know, I couldn't imagine her being in the NICU and me being like in bed. So I was like, I need to be able to function because there was all this unknown elements to the birth that we, everything was fine at the end, but it was a big deal at the time. So I, as soon as I knew I was pregnant, I like made sure I have the doula I wanted. Um, and I was already in seeing a chiropractor regularly, but then it got really regular and I was like, I want my pelvis balanced, making sure everything, uh, you know, you to give baby. <laughs> and you knew that's probably what ended you up there. It's a, it's a no brainer. 
sooner. Yeah. It's like A yeah. to B, of course, if you know. And I think you touched on it before about I wanted to do everything I could to educate myself and know everything about. That's exactly my inspiration for this podcast. It's exactly that, that I want people to have all the education, all the information to make the choice that is right for them. And really when you said your quote that if you don't have – um, the options. Yeah. If you, you don't know your options, if you don't know your options, you, you you don't have any. And um, yeah, that's it's it's so true. You need to know what's out there and and the choices as well. So you had the CMV. Were there any other blocks that you came up against um, with the VBAC or? Um, well, family or medical staff or because obviously you had to definitely go to the family. Definitely family. The consensus is really like once you've had a section, you're always going to get a C-section and so not true. Um, so I really read a lot to see what's happening. There is such a big difference in, in, um, in different countries in the approach to, to VBAC. I know in the U.S. it's so difficult. You're really like you have, you have to fight the system in order to do that in the Netherlands. It, the doctors were amazing. They weren't like encouraging it. Like, of course, you're going to have a vaginal uh, delivery, but they were like, yeah, we'll give it a shot. You have this and this chance. And, you know, they, they were neutral. I can say that they weren't against um, having a vaginal delivery. I did have um, an, uh, I totally blocked, but like the placenta, not in the back, in the front. Yeah. Yeah. Interior placenta. Yeah, Pre- but previous. Yeah, previous. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of it was line. really, it was really low, and they were scared it was on the scar. So also that until about week thirty, they couldn't confirm it. It like moved up away from the scar. So that was also, you know, I knew I was not going to take the risk if that was the no, situation. Yeah. But I felt like I was, I was in like full gear head. And I didn't know if I was going to get the chance for a VBAC, but at the end, it turned out okay. Um, I was reading also a book I really recommend, um, Active Birth by uh, Janet Velasquez, which is, it's a classic, but it just has all the information anyone that wants an active birth um, should read, right? So especially for a VBAC, it, it goes into more details than your average um pre-childbirth so education class in terms of preparation you did the chiropractic obviously you met with your doula you educated yourself read up as much as you could what else prenatal yoga yeah um for me also i had to know that everything was like arranged with my daughter you know take out of the equation any stress elements that someone was there to take care of her if whatever um and I wanted to make sure I have the best hospital I could. And that's a really good point my doula brought up is to consider a different hospital that had a birthing pool. And because um, the one I was, was that was closest to my house didn't. And then I started checking also protocols of hospitals. And I asked few doulas actually. And the, yeah, the, the other one had better, more flexible protocols. So I was like, yeah, you know, it's enough of an internal effort. I don't want to fight the system if I don't have to. So I'll go to a hospital that is more flexible and allows you to 
move around with the, the, the thing was with the CTG that the other hospital had a mobile a wireless CTG that you could also go into the water with. And I knew I, I would have to be connected to the CTG constantly. And that was the thing for I me. Mean, you went above and beyond in research hospitals <laughs> and protocols. I mean, this is a, this is a, a mama on a mission. I mean, it's not, I, I familiarize myself with that because I'm that kind of person. I don't know your star sign, but it sounds similar to mine. And, you know, you, there's no stone left on 10 because you want to know that Absolutely. you did everything. And it sounds like you did. But what it sounds to me also is that it sounds like the doula is being born at that point in time. You know, like what you haven't shared yet is that now you're a doula. And I am. This is, this is I mean, it just sounds like the most perfect um you know leap it just yeah it's uh it just sort of it was already researching for your future clients kind of (laughs) yeah that's how I felt yeah Yeah, that's that's how it feels because I now when I'm meeting clients I feel like so much of the information they ask me that I'm sharing with them is stuff that I actually research for my own birth and not necessarily stuff I picked up from doula course right so um yeah, it and does I think there's a handy. understanding and compassion and empathy with your clients. Um, if it's a VBAC client that you get, I mean, you completely can put yourself in their shoes, you know. Well, VBAC, but any client yeah, any, that had, of course, had like a, a traumatic or a difficult experience with their previous labor and they just want a different birthing experience I'm sure some for the people second are already time. doing it first time around, you know, that they need to know all that research True. before. I mean, there are, there are those kind of people, those, person- there are. There are those personality types out there. Okay, so where, where in this story, okay, Maya's born, um, you know, tell us about Maya's that. born. Tell us um, about that, you know, the empowerment, the, the birth itself. Well, we got to the hospital. Everything was, it was, it started the same way. Water's breaking, contractions starting, really good contractions. We got to the hospital a little too early, but I wanted to leave the house before the oldest one um, was waking up because okay. I didn't want to go through that. And so how we many got weeks to the were hospital. you now? Like this was? I was kind of past my duty. I was 41 plus three days. I mean, I kind of remember, but it's. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was, come on, let's, let's get started. But I was also having this like induction kind of sort above my head. Right. So, uh, especially after a C-section, they don't want to like wait too long. Um, but I had good faith that it was, it was going to be fine. But I also, you know, good faith is fine, but I also used every help I could. So I had, uh, shiatsu and watsu and reflexology and acupuncture and homeopathy and, you know, every natural measure I could take. No, no cod liver oil at this point. (laughs) No, no, no. No, they actually don't recommend that for a VBAC. They say it could get like stuff too agitated. I think it's the last measure. Yeah, Yeah. probably before an induction. Yeah. 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 So we got to the hospital. I was like in active labor. It was four or five centimeters um, dilated. And then everything was fine. Then there was a bit of meconium in the water. Then they said and the, the um, dilation was like it got stuck around five. They said, yeah, because the previous one was so – it took so long and there's meconium. We don't want to, like, stretch it for that much. Then we gave it two more hours. It only dilated by one more centimeters. This is where you're at the hospital and you're according to their protocols and you need to dilate one centimeter every two hours or else. And I'm sure if I had been at home, it would have been much different. Maybe it would have taken longer, but 
I think in the some hospital. countries, isn't it one centimeter per hour? So, you know, there again. It's- yeah, it's, you know, the baby haven't read that manual. So, uh, no, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> get with the program. Yeah. So anyways, they, but because of the meconium and they said, let's get you in a really, really low dose of oxytocin and see how you're doing. I was really fortunate to be at the hospital, that hospital, because then I was able to get the IV while I'm in the water, which made it really manageable. It was getting really like intense with the oxytocin, obviously. And then I at some point, I was like, man, I don't want it. I want an epidural. Get me out of here. Just make it stop. Obviously, I was in transition. transition. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't had a chance to, take to. I didn't have a chance to get an epidural. I was by the time I got out of the birthing pool and on the bed, it was like ten minutes, and I was fully from six to ten in like ten minutes. So then the midwife was like, yeah. No epidural. Do you want to give birth here or in the water? I was like, oh, what's happening? Give me my epidural. But I was like, no, no, in the water, in the water. So they got me back in the water. Um, and then she was born in the water. And I was like, I cannot believe I just did that. I was like, it, it was beyond anything I could ever describe this. Such amazing empowerment, such like I've conquered this thing, like I've done it. And, and not it only was, is it vaginal birth, it's, I mean, I'm not it's like a natural, natural I'm not birth. Gonna say it's natural. Um, well, it was medicated but, a yeah, little. I, that can be misleading. But no people, pain but relief. No, That's for me, no natural. Epidu- there's no epidural, and you could feel it, you know. Yeah. And obviously, for the baby, you know, not getting, um, you know, pain medication and what that can lead to. So that was for me why it was natural, right? So no pain relief in that sense was like what I was. um, And I mean, obviously the listeners don't know this about me yet um, or maybe. um, Maybe they have. Yeah, (laughs) depending on which episode we launch this at. And um, I just found giving birth underwater, it's so bizarre from everything you see on TV because it's silent. You know, the baby's born underneath the water and it's not like you, you feel like a there's a sensation like blah, blah, but there's no sound. And especially, I mean, sure. for me it was both times, but first time you, you don't really believe that the baby's out. And, you know, then this yeah. amazing being floats up to the surface and it's this, ah, experience. She know? was like, I was still like, you know, I was in this sensation of ring of fire, right? Yeah. And I, I was... want to share with the listeners what that is for the pregnant moms who... Well, have- when the baby's crowning and especially also after the head is born and then the shoulders, you have this sensation that stretching. there's fire. Yeah, the stretching is so intense. Um, and then I was like so deep into that sensation and that then when she was out, it was like, I, I was still in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, open your eyes, like see her body slide out. I was like, wow, I couldn't, you know, it was so just such on, a like. You're on your like laying sort of, I won't say on your back because you're in the pool, but are you kind of, um, yeah, kind of in yeah, position or are you sort of more leaning forwards? I wanted to. She kind of wouldn't let me. That's the thing, you know, about when you're at the hospital. Yeah. There, there's the, the birthing pool is like hey, connected you're to one. A water pool. birth in a hospital. I mean, you know, this is brilliant. yeah. So, but no, she. I wanted to. That, that's the thing. I was like pushing for about forty minutes, right? So it started on the birthing uh, stool within the water. 
and she kept wanting me to open my thighs. And now I, again, after going through spinning babies, I know, I know why my body was fighting this. I know why I wanted to close my, my, my knees together. Um, but she was like, no, no, push it open. I was like, no, it feels wrong. And then it just, it wasn't progressing. Like she wouldn't, um, she wouldn't crown, you know, I was, it was good contractions, good pushing. It wouldn't go. And then my doula was like, she, she couldn't contradict the midwife. She couldn't tell me what to do, but she said, well, do you maybe want to come up between contractions and just wiggle your pelvis? And I was sure. So I got up, I had a contraction and I got down to like the way I wanted to leaning forward to the side of the pool with my knees, the way I wanted it. And I only had two contractions because they wouldn't take you, move you when you're in middle of a contraction. So I had two contractions like that. And I really felt her like, you know, engaging all the way, moving like towards the exit. Um, Yeah. So, and then, yeah, she got me on a little bit on my back and it was fine. But had had I had it my way, I would have been in a different position probably. But it was, it turned out fine. Okay, so where baby's born, it's, you know, amazing. Where in this path from where you are now do you decide, hey, I'm going to be a doula? Like, what is that step? Well, like I said, it started when I was at my friend's home birth. So I saw that contribution. Then I knew I wanted it in my um, birth. Then I felt how significant that was. And, And I realized, and I saw like later on it it kept you know spinning in my head and (laughs) coming back to me and I was thinking about it and at first I was like yeah maybe because I just had a baby and it like the experience is still in my head and but it just stayed there and and I was so curious I started reading and, and exploring this a bit more and I just felt like this has made such a huge difference in my life and I underestimated the effect of um, an empowering and a positive birth experience on a woman. And, you know, and I felt like every woman should have a doula and every woman should have this support, empowering birth experience. And it doesn't matter the way the birth actually turns out at the end. And she needs to feel empowered. She needs to feel like she was in control and she made the decisions and nothing was done to her. And that's, I felt the biggest contribution of a doula. She helps you achieve that sensation of you managed your own birth. And it doesn't matter even if it ended with a C-section or a vacuum or whatever type of tearing or no tearing or whatever type of birth. The main thing is your subjective experience of how you felt Um, was every intervention necessary? Did you agree to every intervention along the way? And I was like, everyone should have that. It goes such a long way into your character and to your personality as a woman, as a mom, you know, it has such a ripple effect. I felt on your life later. I I knew what a doula was before I was even pregnant, uh, luckily. And, and just the type of person I am. I mean, I'm often called the modern hippie, you know, and I, by friends or people who know me very well. And, and for me, it also comes down to some of the research, you know, that's just the way my brain works. It's like, they've got better outcomes, you know, all that other stuff I I resonate with. Absolutely. But, you know, there's a little part of my brain that needs to kind of 
tick that box of, I won't say evidence-based because that's not really where I come from, but just that, well, if the risk of, you know, having C-section is less, why wouldn't you? There is evidence to support it, right? I know uh, that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, because you said not like evidence based, but there is evidence. Yeah, to no, I mean, it. I'm not like the only type evidence based person, but it oh, is something yeah. that kind of ticks the box um, for that part of, yeah, we, we live in that kind of society and, you know, it does tick a little box inside um, that you just think, well, there's no reason not to try. What I wanted you to share, um, if you could, is. Um, a quote or an affirmation, something around birth and, you know, it's meaning to you and how you apply it. Well, around, well, I said the one about the options mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one that really resonated with me was she believed she could. So she did. And again, I don't know who said that. I read it somewhere online, probably. Um, it's really simple, but it, it's all about believing that you can, believing in your body, believing in your baby. You guys are a team and you're doing it together. And this connection and this sense of believing in this process that you're meant to give birth, that your body's capable of doing that, um, is just, this is all you need. And from this, you, you make sure you have the right support system, the right people around you, the right place, the right setting and whatnot. But it, you know the bottom line is you yeah, and the baby I, I totally you, you need to you can have the best hospital or the best doula or the best midwife but you need to believe that you can do that Absolutely. and that you you're meant to, to do that and you need to kind of fight that internal voice inside that often comes up for people in birth you know they read all the books and they have this sort of there's an educated um you know understanding of how things will go but I think I've seen enough women in their pregnancies and and you now too to kind of know which people feel it within themselves and really believe it and you kind of can see a little bit of how the outcome is going to go even if they know all the, all the read all the books and they know it there's a there's an internal knowing and a belief system and a real I an absolute um ownership that this is my yeah. body and it was born to do this and I think that's the step that people need to to get to because there's nothing particularly special about your body or my body that, you know, made it happen. Um, we've all been given the same, yeah, you know, um, structure. And it yeah. really is like a lot of things in life, you need to see it in your mind's eye first. And I think you touch on it there. It's, it's a belief, um, which it can come from education and knowledge, but there's a, yeah, there has to be that leap of faith. It's true. And it's tricky in modern days, you know, we're so everything it goes through the logic and the brain. And this is such a primal experience. And it's so much about intuition. And it's, it's not easy for someone that is not in like, is, who's practicing anything spiritual or body related in their day to day. It's a big leap to me. And I it's was the same, right? It's so it's, it's um, difficult. You know, the media and it's everything tricky. we're fed and all, the, and all the all the TV shows from a child, there's all some woman going down, you know, uh, strapped to a bed or, you know, screaming as she goes, you know, get the baby out, yeah. you know. It's, well, that, these are the images we get. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Um, and now I think you must just see that you feel I can do anything, really. I mean, it's, 
you know, you really conquered something. It's uh, that's that's yeah. That I think that really gave me the strength to to you know I was a marketing manager in this really good um, position, really good job, and and leaving that, having like a baby and another girl at home, and it does require that really strong faith that this is what I'm meant to do. And I also feel like when you not everybody's lucky enough to find something that they're really passionate about that could also be their, you know, what they do for a living. And when you do find that thing, it's, it's when the universe is kind of telling you do that, do that, then not listening to it is, uh, it's yeah. not an option. And I was fortunate also to have such a supporting supporting husband, you know, that is so excited with me in every step that we're like taking in this together. And he's just encouraging and giving me all the support I need to do that. So also, thank you. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, great. I think also it, it sort of boils down to what would you do if you could choose to do it if there was no money involved? Yeah. You know, it's not really a job anymore. You know, you're making yourself a life and, and putting your head down on the pillow at night. I mean, it's you and you only. All the rest yeah. is still at this point in time. You know, what did you contribute to the world? It's, it's, it's really special. I mean, I feel the same about chiropractic. So it's really just, it's just so nice to see that shine out of you. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, so, you know, Mums the Word is really all about community. And I really just want to remind mums and, of course, mums-to-be that no matter where we are in the world, we all have got similar concerns and struggles and, and even more so that we really are all in this together. You know, my whole thing around Mums the Word was really that I just want to make it that it's not secret anymore and please share this story, you know. And um, so I guess I want to now say, like, is there a time that you struggled? And, you know, it all sounds so amazing and it was, you know, okay, even the, even the C-section wasn't such a, you know, itself, you, you seem to kind yeah. of sail through it. And, you know, has there been a struggle personally or now professionally? And, um, you know, what did you learn and what was the result? Well, on I think on a very practical level, the decision to do that, living not in my home country and not having the support system of like million gazillion friends that can help with the kids and grandma, grandpa from all sides. And, you know, and you're, you get called to a birth and it's not the best time for your kids. And I'm nursing like a seven months old baby. And it does, everybody has to like, uh, has to kind of, uh, compromise a little bit. Yeah. So, that's that's on a very practical level um in terms of the my personal struggles i feel in my second pregnancy first of all this whole issue with the placenta was a big question mark that you know it sounds i'm belittling it now but it was a huge thing like not knowing if i'm even going to get the chance to do that um, and the CMV was a huge, huge struggle. Uh, I don't know how many people know what most people don't know what CMV is, but it's a really, well, it's a virus that if you contract it for the first time while you're pregnant is super dangerous for the baby. It could have anything from really mild, um, hearing problems to, 
retardation and what, like, you know, the worst things on the, the other side of the scale. Um, and the thing is, you cannot know for sure. They can do all the scans in the world and you cannot know for sure that you're going to get a healthy baby at the end. So I, on top of everything about VBAC, I was also super focused on, and they discovered it. It was, I was already 22, 23 weeks pregnant. So, you know, with regardless to what you believe about abortions and it, it's, it, you know, it throws you into a whole different kind of perspective into those things. And you're already connected to the baby and you feel it. And just the, you know, everybody's, the thing is that I discovered how, easy it is for people to say why take the risk you know just terminate the pregnancy and you're young you're healthy you can get pregnant again and just do that and even you know close family and I I was that was really the hardest like couple of months in my life it was I couldn't like I was like no it's my baby and it's here and if someone tells me she's absolutely, there's a really good chance that something is wrong. I was like, okay, that's a whole different story. And I have another kid and a family and it puts things in a different perspective, but they couldn't. So I, I read, I think I studied more than I did for my master's thesis, you know, in terms of articles and doctors. And I realized that up until today, there, you know, if everything is fine with the brain scans that they do while you're pregnant, then no baby was born with the serious um, uh, problems. The the worst you could have was uh, the hearing uh, hearing difficulties. So I was like, with this, I can live. And then I I decided. Um, that I'm just blocking everything, but it was, it was really, my, my own parents were super supportive and they were like an island of strength in this whole craziness of trusting, not necessarily encouraging my one way or another, but just supporting me and saying, yeah, you're doing the best you can. And you're, you're making these decisions in the most like perfect balance between rational and emotion. And, they were, I think they were giving space to my intuition in this whole process that everything is going to be fine. And even if not, like it's to a level that I can live with without like shattering my family. And it, it was difficult. And, you know, I, it, it left such a like scar, I think, emotionally that whenever I hear stories about like pregnancies ending because of whatever reason you're like, you know, silent birth towards the end of the pregnancy, or I see kids with really difficult disabilities. It brings it all back and in, into my like decision-making process and um, it's heavy and you it's are, hard. You are so inspired you know? listening to you and your faith and, you know, just your philosophy actually. And, and, and just what's going over my mind is she's laying all the groundwork for her to be a doula. As I hear that, I just think, <laughs> Being through such adversity, 
but in a way that, I mean, you're reading up like more than your thesis about, you know, the virus and, you know, you, you know all about placenta previa now and you can absolutely put yourself in a client's shoes. You know, you, you, you've had yeah. a V-back, you've had a C-section, you know, you, you're living in an expat community. You've also, I mean, there's just so much there that it's, it's that whole find that silver lining and it's just, it's just so beautiful how it's eventuated. I'm just sitting here absolutely inspired. Um, so, you know, what, what drives you, you know, what gets you up in the morning to do this now? I mean, what is that drive? My girls, my girls, you know, the hope that they would have this good experience and knowing that I'm a better mom for them, for them, like doing something that I'm really inspired about and something that I, you know, feeds my soul and not just going to the office. And even if I make a better salary, you know, um, yeah, to, to be a better mom, a better person for them, for, for my husband, for myself. And also, you know, hoping that women, I think if women have this good experience, they're going to be such, such amazing moms. And like I said, it has a ripple effect, you know, so you can change so much in a person's like course of life. If they have this one huge event that, they perceive it in a good, empowering way. Let's not forget all the benefits for the child as well. Well, of course. I mean, it's, yeah. just, it's just so much there. and um, There is, but, you know, I want to stop on that and say something that Ina May said in her lecture, and that's really important because I was really, after the C-section, I felt like she was she had such a difficult birthing experience and such a hard, like, start, and she was kind of, I don't know, a lot of the advantages of a normal or vaginal birth was taken from her. But what Ina May said, and she's like, you know, the kid is not broken, right? So even if the the start wasn't optimal because of whatever reason, you know, you have a lifetime ahead of you to fix it and, uh, and, and balance it. Also in the first few weeks, there are so many like alternative medicine is amazing. I'm a huge fan of that. So there's a lot you can do to help your child True. gain what they missed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that you know that I know that. Um, <laughs> um, so, so if we went back to the future, you know, we went back to, um, you know, maybe you even pre-first pregnancy, if you could go back and knowing what you know now and just having had all this life experience, you know, with parenting, with birthing, what would you tell your younger self or tell um, a new mum or share with someone who wanted to be pregnant? What, you know, what would it be about, yeah, birth? And, yeah. Well, I think on a very practical level, educate yourself. Make sure that you surround yourself with the best, you know, find kind of the people that you connect to. They're they're. Because some people are not connecting to this like spiritual tree hugging kind of elements and some people do and some people need this in between and just find the people that you connect with that, you know, you don't antagonize the way they share their stories and just, you know, feed yourself with as many positive birth experiences, you know, shut out all the negative and scary stuff. It's going to get to you anyway. And just know your body, know what it can do. Make sure you have 
the best support and the best support for whatever he did this to me or I fought with my husband or is not necessarily what you need for your birth, right? So just make sure you have the best support. And I, I think, you know, it's it's hard to like use what I know now then, right? Because yeah. it would have been different. But um, yeah, just know it. Yeah, just just know as much as you can and make sure you have the best support you can. And it's going to be okay, you know? It's going to be fine, I think. One way or another, it's going to be okay and you're going to get the hang of it and you're going to manage. And I think with the second child, that's the best... Um, it's the biggest difference that I have that I feel is that you have this perspective that, you know, even if it's a hard night or she's teething or this or that or... You know it's a phase, you know it it gets easier and you have different challenges as they get older, but it this newborn like intense is it gets easier, right? The pains of after a C section or after a delivery or the hemorrhoids or whatnot, you know, it goes away and it gets easier. Yeah. So yeah. it's and, gonna and, be fine. And so what what would be the best advice that you ever received in relation to birth? Believe in your body. Find a way to believe in your body. Whatever your past experience taught you, whatever your, your life experience has been till now, find a way to believe in your body. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to work. I love it. I love it. And um, what would be for you to share with the listeners, you know, an invaluable resource, a book, um, a website, something that, I mean, you mentioned well, active birth, but is there something else? Active birth is, and it was translated to so many languages. So I really think every mom can find it in their um, mother tongue. But I would really recommend, you know, find a community. There are, VBAC is really like a growing topic in most countries. And I was in a couple of Facebook groups that, the thing about Facebook groups, if you find the local one for you, then you get the right information about the hospitals that are relevant to you. And the pro- the protocols are so different from country to country. So there is a valuable, um, it, there is a lot to, to be said for the specific community you're in. So not necessarily the global community, but find something that is relevant to your region and that you can find really practical tips and, and information Thank you so much. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm more touched and more inspired, and I feel, yeah, this, this other, other level, of, you know, of knowing you, and I'm just so grateful that you, you know, could share your story and, and speak and let it be heard. Um, one more question, I just wanted to ask you: how, how can people get in touch with you if they want to know more about the work you're doing and you know your website? Um, well, the website. The Email, website is that wants to get in yeah, yeah. No, the so. website um, the website is is under construction, okay, right? But um, it's gonna be mamadulabirthsupport.com, and you can look up Mamadula Birth Support um, on Facebook. There's a Facebook page, um, so both these ways would work. You can find it on the way, Facebook page, but for now it's uh, mamadula15 at gmail.com. Okay, great, great. Thank you so much, Aya. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. We hope you enjoyed this Wellness Catch podcast brought to you by Audible. Do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the Wellness Couch? Well, Audible might just have the answer. Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torbs, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch again that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook this has been a production of the check us out on facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash the wellness couch subscribe to each show on itunes and check us out on twitter the wellness couch streaming wellness into your lives Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.